escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Right, good evening and welcome to Upfront on the Joy News Channel. Now, tonight, we continue our conversation on Bank of Ghana's unprecedented loss, 6 billion U.S. dollars. I'll be engaging my guests and we will test the impact on the Ghanaian economy. After this break, former Finance Minister Seth Tepe will be my guest. Right, thank you very much for staying with us still on Upfront on the Joy News channel. Just like I said, uh, in the 2022 fiscal year, the Bank of Ghana posted an unprecedented loss of 6 billion US dollars. We are talking about 60.8 billion uh, Ghana cities. The reason why I say this is unprecedented is this, this is the first time that we are seeing such a huge loss. In fact, if you do the comparative analysis, it's twice the amount Ghana is anticipating to get from the IMF. I'm very fortunate to have with me uh, on the show, joining me via Zoom, former finance minister, Seth Tepe. Honorable, welcome. Good evening, Honorable. Good evening, and I hope you can hear me clear. Yes, loud and clear. Uh, I want us to start the conversation this way. Bank of Ghana is making a loss, six billion US dollars and the ever-mutating Cecilia Dapa case. Uh, just now, we've seen that the OSP retrieved some cash from a house. Uh, we've done our own computations, and we've realized that the amount in question, if you add the total amount of money stolen, um, how much is in her account, transaction over a certain period, and then also the value of the words involved, we are talking about 12.4 billion, sorry, million uh, U.S. dollars. Uh, what's your first take on this uh, mutating issue? Uh, well, thank you very much. Uh, let me say that um, having been following uh, just from the newspapers um, what is happening with respect to you know the monies which the then honorable minister <laughs> you know um, as I like to say it's alleged to be to be keeping since it's now in uh, in court, so uh, I wouldn't have much, you know, to say except to say uh, that uh, in the event that these are uh, gifts and other things, then there are tax provisions, you know, guiding this. Of course, there is the as a declaration, you know, also which of course was taken at the beginning, you know, but continuously. Uh, there is already an exit one, which is one of the things which is being considered. Mm. So from the perspective of uh, public financial management, management of, you know, uh, and activities of government, then this is a case for not just the, you know, um, the 
the Office of Special Security and Recovery for Internal Revenue Service with respect to, you know, whether there are incomes that gives the sources and the rest. Um, this is quite, therefore, apart from what, you know, we are there to discuss, which is the exposure which mm. you know, government has to Bank of Ghana and which has resulted, among others, in a huge loss you know, by, you know, uh, Bank of Ghana, which is being reported. Right. So half a million being kept at home. You've been finance minister before. What will compel such, you know, an individual, in fact, to keep such a huge amount uh, at home under, you know, such an economy? (laughs) I I wouldn't wouldn't know and I can be specific except to state that we are a cash economy. Mm. You know, we are a cash economy, and uh, sometimes, especially people who are even quite affluent, you know, keep, you know, this, keep cash at home. Many of us keep cash in our pockets, you know, to buy, as I do. Uh, if you compare to the advanced countries where, you know, you, um, where you have a credit card, you know, your money is usually in the bank and you have a credit card, you have a debit card. The debit card means they are taking the money directly from your account. Uh, with the bank, I think we have both debit and credit card in the country now. Uh, so I'm talking about the extent to which this is used to do business. In advanced countries and many middle-income countries, anytime you buy, even from retail outlets, you give them a card. Yeah. And they deduct the money directly from your account. Or... If you use your credit card, it means they are giving you, you know, a, a facility, a loan, mm. which you pay when, you know, at the end of the month, they add up all that you have used the card to pay, and then you pay. That is simply a loan. Um, in our part of the world, people keep huge money, you know, uh, with them for various reasons, sometimes because they may not trust the banks, uh, which link I can draw, because there have been incidents in our past, the issue of, changing the currency to 50 Ghana cities, mm. new cities, which led to some loss and confidence in the banking system um, back in the 90s. And then fast forward, if that experience is to go by, then the situation where individuals keep their money in banks or their pension funds are invested mm. and you have the haircut and whatever, is another situation that may undermine confidence in the banking system, and therefore people will feel reluctant either buying government bonds or even putting their money in the banks. Right. You know, so that is the, the uh, apart from the risk of you keeping money at home, which can be stolen and the rest, which is why people are in part of the financial literacy program, you know, of, of governments, mm. you know, all the way back from the he says that he could force a through, you know, the mayor's Mahama and is continuing by the Ministry of Finance and Bank of Ghana itself. It's this education for people, you know, uh, to put their money in the bank. You may earn some income, you know, on it. And usually the way you earn on savings, people say it's too small. So, 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 so let's, let's, let's do it this way. How do you keep uh, such a huge amount at the bank in terms of dollars and then, you know, looking at the exchange rate um, at a point you see the CD moving to 15 cities, 14 cities. Is that one also a factor um, why people, you know, are now preferring to keep monies at home? 
Yeah, precisely the point I was going to to make. If I keep my money, you know, in my savings account, money which I don't need immediately, and mm-hmm. I keep it in the savings account in Ghana, the interest on the savings account is very very low. Yeah, right. Um, I don't keep my SS funds in savings accounts except you know uh, what I may need to be to be used later on. But the interest rate is quite low for the banks offer. But individuals and businesses have another option, which is that, you know, they can, through their banks, mm-hmm. lend money, you know, to the government. So when you go to your bank and you say, oh, I have, let's say, two million, you know, Ghana cities, you know, and I don't need it immediately, right? Can you invest in a treasury bill for me? Your money is being given as a loan to governments because the treasury bill is simply the certificates yeah. which you are given. It describes, and it's a, it also another description is that it is the shortest of governments, the loans that government takes. Instruments. 90 days. Mm. Yeah, the instruments, exactly, 90 days. You know, so after 90 days or 91 days to be precise, then you can go back and say, if you need the money at the end of the 90 days, you can go back and collect your money. If you need the money before the 90 days, that's where what we call discounting comes in. The bank can pay you, you know, the money, but you won't end the interest for you the suffer a haircut. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But that's voluntary, you know, haircut, because you put the money in Absolutely. 90 days. So that is voluntary. Uh, so so one advantage of huge sums of money, which is becoming an avenue, is to invest, you know, the money through your bank in treasury bills, but you can also invest in the government's uh, bonds and the bonds that the popular ones we have are the three year and the five year bonds. So, if you have money which you may not need immediately, maybe for your retirement or for whether you want to be taking just the interest, then you can put the money in for three years. And the government interest is usually high, you know, the rate of the yeah. project bills, now. Yeah. so it's much higher. Yeah, so, uh, so- now let me, let me say that we didn't used to have government bonds and treasury bills mm. being sold, treasury bills, you know, being sold on the stock exchange. Let me make, we've been talking about the banks. And why what is going on in Ghana is very important is this. In 2014-2015, you know, the then Mahama administration decided that, like other countries, is one way of saying, deepening the domestic financial market. Mm-hmm. So normally, it was Bank of Ghana that was that issued both the T bills, you know, and the bonds on behalf of government, right? But there is a market, you know. There's an alternative market for dealing in in bonds, dealing in those type of government instruments. In addition to what we, you you may have had corporate bonds, corporations can also also borrow long term from that market, and that market is the stock exchange. Mm. So 2015, 2014-15, decided to to put the government bonds on the stock exchange. Mm. And the stock exchange started marketing it aggressively. What is the advantage to government? The money is not just sitting there. It is sitting in Bank of, uh, Bank of Ghana, and you need your money, as I said. Let's say after one year, some, even for three years, you, you, you lend the money to government, and you need the money, right? It means that government would have to 
find the money, right, to pay you back. And it may not be in accordance with government schedule. But when you take it to the stock exchange, right, it is the same thing as savings and then loans. Mm. The money you put in as savings, the bank gives us as what as loans. Yeah. Now the same way, there is a supply of the bonds from government. Okay. Now the stock exchange expertise is that whilst you are selling, somebody also wants to buy. Absolutely. So they bring the two together. So without you know governments having to cough the money all the time. The, that's why we say that the bond becomes marketable or tradable. tradable. It becomes like a commodity. So if, I put, uh-huh, so if I buy government bonds and I don't need it, you know, or the pension funds use my money to buy government bonds, right? And uh, they need money to pay, you know, pensions. They'll go back quickly to the market, look for other pension funds who want to buy. So you are creating a market outside Bank of Ghana, outside the Ministry of Finance. Which is subject to right. prices, but I guess. While, uh-huh, but once in a while, government has to go in as part of its management to make sure that they reduce it so that it doesn't become a big burden mm. as it has become today. Right. right. So, to so, the, so, yeah. Yeah. so talking about losses, I'm sure you've seen uh, Bank of Ghana's statements yesterday confirming that um, let me say, justifying why they made that huge loss of 60.8 billion uh, Ghana cities in the 2022 fiscal year. You've seen it. Uh, they admitted that they were used, um, uh, you know, in the de- just-ended domestic debt exchange program, and that if not for, but for Bank of Ghana, it would have been impossible for for governments to secure the 3 billion IMF bailout package. What was your first reaction? probably when you saw that statement yesterday. I would say unfortunate for, you know, the one reason that I, I gave. But you see, I think that if, if, let me take a little moment to explain so that our viewers and listeners will mm. understand. So what is happening is that we spoke about individuals, right? Yeah. When I was talking, I spoke about individuals giving money to government through their banks, or through the stock exchange, right? Yeah. Now, Bank of Ghana also gives money to government. And that is what we call deficit financing. So Bank of Ghana earns income, and Bank of Ghana spends. Part of the income that Bank of Ghana earns is from its reserves, or even the state's reserves, Mm -hmm. to buy government bonds to give loan to the Ministry of Finance, which is, I said, government, represented by the Ministry of Finance. Okay, are you following my, what I'm saying? Okay. Absolutely, so, absolutely. So, okay, so the bonds that we are talking about, Bank of Ghana also has an interest in it. Periodically, as part of its functions, Bank of Ghana also requires a certain percentage of deposits that are made in banks and the rest to be kept at Bank of Ghana. Okay, Bank of Ghana can also invest those monies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, because of the danger of government, you know, not pulling its weight, you know, to finance the deficit. Because remember, the government is borrowing because it has a deficit, mm-hmm. which it has to finance through loans. So when we talk about loans, 
what we are talking about, the bones, is part of what we call the domestic bones, bones that are generated internally. The danger of that is that because the of Ghana can print money, the government may continue incurring deficits and deficits and deficits to the extent that Bank of Ghana... You know, when you, when you say money. Bank of Ghana can print money, what are you trying to say? Well, because let's, let's come it may that. look a let, bit technical come. for some people. Can you break it down exactly. for us? Let me, yeah. let, me, let me come to that later. Let me finish my thoughts on this one. Absolutely. So what is happening is that... So Bank of Ghana lends money. Our laws say that to avoid this danger which we are in now, where government will not pull its weight, if I may put it that way, to raise taxes and pay, you know, the, the loans. And they will be on Bank of Ghana balance sheets. Bank of Ghana only wants to, you know, invest and whatever. Mm. Bank of Ghana law says that it can only give 5%, the equivalent of 5%, of revenue that was collected in the previous year to government. That's per the law, isn't it? Per the law. Now remember, we talk about zero financing. When we were doing the IMF program in 2015, the IMF said, no, Bank of Ghana should not even finance government at all so that its balance sheet can be strong, so that it can work with banks, you know, rather, you know, the financial sector. So in 2016, Actually, we did not take, we are taking past loans. In 2016, we did not take a new loan from Bank of Ghana to meet that zero financing. Despite we having a 5%, mm. we had to meet, you know, the, the condition. And the reason is exactly what we are saying. We are seeing now, government continuing to borrow and borrow and borrow from Bank of Ghana to the extent that even if you put domestic debt exchange aside, right, mm -hmm. government is unable to pay. Right now, so when now you take the government, later you can look at the appendix to the public debt report and educate your, your viewers. You will see the loans that are given to government by commercial banks, mm -hmm. you know, through the bonds which we discussed, loans that are given by Bank of Ghana, right? It's also there. Now that has become part of the bonds together what outsiders give to us either domestic or external. So Bank of Ghana is now caught in the inability of government to pay foreigners, governments, when I say foreigners, like the IMF, the World Bank mm. itself will give us loans as well, the World Bank, African Development Bank, right? They are sources of loans. Yeah. We are unable to pay yeah. the interest and whatever. Now Bank of Ghana is also not able to pay its own, you know, Ghanaian citizens. All right, which is the bonds which government, you know, uh, the money which government borrowed. So, so, from so, so in, in, in this case, yes. technically, you are saying Bank of Ghana in this situation is being asked to save itself, one, save governments, and also come in to save, um, you know, other creditors, the individual bondholders, you know, foreigners who came here to buy bonds and all of those. Is, is that what you're saying? Well, so let's come to the haircut. And the non-payment of which the non-payment of interest which led to the haircut. Mm -hmm. First, to use your language, first Ghanaians are being asked involuntarily. Remember when I said voluntarily I can go and, and redeem and then I get a haircut. Mm. You use the expression haircut. That is voluntary. I told government I want to give you money for three months. Right? 
within one month, maybe I have um, my child is sick or whatever, and I go and I want, you know, the money, right? You won't get your three months interest. The bank will also take some, you know, charges from you and the mm -hmm. rest. So you, that's the haircut that you are taking. You are not getting the full amount which you expected, okay? Now, what we are seeing, so one, individuals are saving the government because the government is not able to pay those monies. Two, Bank of Ghana is also suffering like the individuals now. And that is why the bank has become, because government with bond, is not able to raise enough taxes or it has overspent. This is where the expenditure question comes in. It has lived beyond its means, the usual expression, right? Mm -hmm. And therefore, it's unable to pay Bank of Ghana. Remember that money, you know, with Bank of Ghana borrowed is interest that it is earning from banks and from other, some that even external, right? Now it is also being asked, you know, to uh, to cut. So Bank of Ghana is not saving itself. If a Bank of Ghana is in trouble, it's in trouble, right? In trouble. To save yourself is to say that you may, be, you know, I take certain measures and I'm able to stand on my feet again. No. But, but, but in fact, the, the same Bank of Ghana in this case is being asked to set up a recapitalization fund, although the World Bank is saying, I'll give you uh, some monies. Uh, I, I do not know where the rest of the monies uh, will come from. So if you say Bank of Ghana is not doing anything, how are they going to conduct that you know, uh, recapitalization of the commercial banks? You know, the government... You know, we should make a distinction between the activities of governments, that means of finance, that led to the situation, mm. and where Bank of Ghana finds itself. Remember, let me recap. Government is unable to pay interest and principal. Okay? That's factual. It doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter who is holding that loan. I explained that it can be an individual like me and you through our pension or through our savings with the bank. It can be the commercial banks, you know, savings that they mobilize or their own money which they have invested and given to government. And it can be Bank of Ghana and it can be outsiders, right? Government is not able to meet, you know, all these people, right? Their commitments. Now, after the haircut, remember, after the haircut, government is still unable to pay because otherwise we would have gone to the market. You know, that's why we don't have access to the sovereign bond market and the rest, okay? Government is not able to pay. So what the World Bank is saying is that I am going to be giving you some money, mm. you know, so that until this problem is resolved, you don't create more crisis. So that when people come and they need, and they need even, let's say that I put in 100. I take, I, I take a haircut of 20. Mm. I still have 80. Absolutely. I still have 80, Absolutely. right? And I still have need for the 80. But here is a government that's unable to, you know, to pay the interest of the principal. So what the World Bank is coming and saying that, okay, you even have difficulty after the haircut. And therefore, to smooth the path, which is what IMF programs and World Bank measures and things are about, let me give you some breathing space by giving you some loan, by giving you, which is a $6 billion which the IMF is giving us, the equivalent you know, for the banking sector, it's what the World Bank and others are saying they are going to help us to set up. So it is a bridging loan to enable us correct, you know, the situation so that you don't have a panic. Otherwise, if that facility is not available, people will rush to the bank and go and get their money. 
well, they cannot be paid. What, so mm. now the interim amount is now going to be paid out of that. That is the essence of that loan. So I see, I see, I, yeah, I see two yeah. balance sheets here. The balance sheets of the central bank, which they have a debt to GDP ratio of more than 70%, and then also the balance sheets of uh, our central bank, which is the uh, Bank of Ghana. And this is the situation. Um, the government is uh, so much you know, laden with debt that it is now shipping some of the monies that it is owing from its balance sheet and transporting it onto the balance sheet of a central bank and making it make that um, humongous loss of about six billion US dollars. How you know dangerous is this for an economy which is under an IMF program and still will have a debt to GDP ratio of around eighty eight percent by twenty twenty six? Yes. I already made that even within our own laws, we recognize the danger of mm. what is happening today. And we say that Bank of Ghana should not give a loan above 5% of what GRA and others bring in. So we, Bank of Ghana is to give a loan for 2023. Mm. Our law says it should exceed 5% of the revenue that government collected in 2022. Okay, you follow the point. That is that is point number one about what we are saying. So let's say that we as Ghanaians, given our history, every country has those in their laws. And I made a point that it came to a head, you know, from single spine to do so to all those, you know, that, you know, if Bank of Ghana were to continue, it would be a risk. So governments, even the IMF said it should be zero. So we didn't even reveal ourselves on the fact. The second point you are raising, you are right. That is what accountants say that somebody's debit, somebody's debt, mm. is somebody's credit. Mm. It makes somebody a creditor. Yeah. So let us, let us simplify it. If my brother, you know, yeah, my, my, my black brother or sibling, for that matter, gives me a loan. If I'm tough, I'm in a difficult situation. And he gives me a loan of 200 Ghana cities, right? I own him. Yeah. Right? So I become the debtor. That's what accountants got a debit. But he also sees me, he becomes, he becomes a creditor to me, right? So if I'm unable to pay the 200, my brother is also depleted. So the another you give should, should become very debit in the sense that if Bank of Ghana do a government agency, if an SOE do a government agency, if a pension fund do representing, you know, pensioners, right, gives money, to government, the government is not able to pay. All those people suffer. You know, but those who are outside who demand their money. Mm. Otherwise, you can't come to them again. And that is why we have to do the debt exchange. That's why we have to do haircuts and the rest. But the issue is, the issue, the issue facing us is, why did we come to that point, to this point? We haven't come to this point. The closest we came, you have to go back to the 70s and 80s you know, droughts and other, you know, forms. Which you you, you won't compare to 2015, 2014? Yeah. I'm referring to 1983, 84, all the way, Dr. Butcher's time and the rest. Mm. That's when we had, you know, something similar in the difficulty. Periodically, governments had a some of these difficulties, and that is why we did IMF programs. You know, but we have not come to this situation before. But I'm asking why. 
you recall, you recall what? That the problem is government. And the first point is, way back in 2017, we said that government cannot finance all the things it is telling Ghanaians it can do. Mm. Right? From free SHS to myself, 2017, and I think on both sides, when I dare say that uh, free SHS may be popular to many Ghanaians, but it is not feasible. You know, um, we can say with hindsight, it's not everybody who is an accountant or public financial expert who would understand what one is saying. And especially when you do this and you raise the expectations of people who cannot send, you know, their words to school. And let me, let me, let me say frankly that I'm not talking from a position of somebody whose parents were well to do. I went to school on a cocoa board scholarship because my parents were cocoa farmers and my grandparents were cocoa farmers. Right? But in the absence of that, you know, I would welcome anything free. It's like saying, come and line up, I'll give you food. Government says, come and line up, every day I'll give you food. It's impossible. That does not mean that you have been too wicked and you cannot, you know, uh, pay, you cannot take the needs of people who are really, really needy. They require it. That's why you have scholarships and the rest. Mm. So the first issue is that government expenditure was very high. Okay. The second issue is that if you look at the taxes that government bring in, despite the increases and everything, government has not been able to raise revenue beyond what the NDC was raising in 20, uh, 2015, 2014, 2015. In terms of, in city terms, you see it growing big. But when you express it as a, as a percent of our income, all called GDP is flat. And it's in the program that we should do this. Okay. Now, what did government do? Instead of either reducing the expenditure, the flagship policies and the rest, right, which is a temptation we have been in for a very long time, government decided to borrow. And borrow to the extent that even the sinking fund that we started to stop this danger of borrowing and borrowing and borrowing and not paying, that was the essence which we use. And the current government used part of it to take off the first sovereign bond, what we call incessancy coupons bond. 515 million of our oil money was used to take up, which was put to, you know, that scheme was stopped. But because of the borrowing space that was allowed, the government continued to borrow to finance, you know, the, its ambitious, you know, uh, expenditure programs. And the warning was there. Right? Remember that even on your show and others, people like myself, with a bopping, you know, uh, uh, it's our boss and everybody kept warning when we were using almost all our tax revenue first and then our total revenue to pay only two items, compensation and interest. Mm. It meant that everything else was depending on loans. on loans, right? And so it comes to a point where you have difficulty, you defer payments of interest. In some cases, we're not even paying principal because you take a loan. For example, let me give you a vivid example. When we did a first sovereign bond, we were paying interest. And the reason we had to set up the second fund was because by 2014, we were three years away from the 10 years, 2017. And we knew that at the NDC won the election, giving Doomsaw, giving Single Spine and all that, there was no way we were going to raise 750 million. 
You can raise it by going to borrow another seven, seven fifty million. But bet you they know your balance sheet and everything. So instead of giving you uh, the seven fifty at eight point five with the with the interest, with the raise, raise the coupon. You will be forced to borrow. Yeah, you'll be forced to borrow above ten percent. You are seeing the explanation. You know why we did the bond for twenty fifteen at ten point two. That is because we didn't have room for borrowing. And so we had to set up the second fund. And the World Bank had to provide a guarantee. This was taken as non-performance. And one would have thought that the government, you know, would have taken a cue from it. And that is what averted the situation we are seeing, you know, today. So the point is summary I'm saying is that when the government, you know, was having difficulty to borrow, the second point which came out was, you know, apart from what I said, is that it started depending on Bank of Ghana. It's not new. In fact, if you remember, that's why we're getting six billion, you know, US dollar equivalent for COVID, right? If you remember, that six billion includes ten billion from Bank of Ghana. Mm. If you remember, that's that, that, the COVID nineteen bonds. Exactly, right? Mm. So that is part of the borrowing which is being written off today. Government so, borrowed that money. So, so, so are you so saying government, uh, government so is doing one problem, saying, one sorry. bond, just like the minority are saying? One problem, one bond? <laughs> um, let, let, me, let, me, let me try and bring that in. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, more or less, yes. Um, because almost every Ghanaian is suffering. So, yes, I do agree with, you know, that simple description. But, you know, we, we have to bear in mind is, you know, as I was saying, we got to the point where we couldn't borrow. We got to the point, it started even before we couldn't borrow. Mm. Government, after taking almost six billion, let's say minus the 1.7 from Bank of Ghana for COVID, was still struggling. That would have been 4.3 or so billion. Remember when we do a, a correction for IMF programs, no government apart from this government got even more than one billion yeah. to do the correction. The Mama administration was the highest, which was nine 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 one five, you know, million. So despite those amounts, we could still not, you know, meet our expenditure because the gap. That's where even the IMF has now said that there was a pre-existing, if you remember, a pre-existing gap before COVID, and our government should stop using COVID and the Ukraine war and others as an excuse and acknowledge that, right? Then it continued. Now, after exhausting all this, instead of cutting expenditure and raising more revenue, it continued to put pressure. Fast forward, that was 2020. Fast forward 2022. If the government says the deficit is 37 billion, and BOG at the time gave government almost 40 billion, mm. what do you think BOG was doing? We were financing the entire deficit. Absolutely. So, 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 so financing, financing that huge deficit. Usually, I'm sure at the negotiation table, the people present will be the governor, the finance minister, and I'm sure other representatives. So if you were to be the finance minister, um, you know, two, three years ago, uh, when we had this huge problem, what would you have done? Would you have uh, allowed the Bank of Ghana to continue to fund your budget expenditure, or you would have said, I'm going to cut, you know, so many things? What would you have done? What did we do? Okay, I'm not going to speak as if I'm mm. talking from theory. We faced a similar situation. 
we had Bruso, if you remember, mm. we had single spine. Bruso was the result of the cars not flowing to Ghana, and therefore we, you know, using private sector, using huge debt. What did we do? What? Esla. We came in with Esla and said to Ghanaians that this is going to be a permanent form of tax. Tesla was a levy, and, and this government also introduced similar, you know, uh, measures. They introduced no, the COVID nineteen levy. Instead of, no, instead of the government, first of all, instead of the government making sure that the Tesla money was used to pay the IPPs, used to pay who had borrowed from the banks and others because we started that, it didn't. It rather collateralized the Tesla, mm. took the money, you know, and today. Esla has become part of DDE. You see the problem that we are having? So, so an DDE. instrument that was wait, supposed wait, to me, be... Me, an instrument me, that was no, supposed to be explain. a cushion... Sure, sure. Please continue. No, wait, let, me, let me explain. So I, don't, mm. I said we, I want to point out what we did for Ghanaians to understand. Right? Yeah. Because people say all government no. Two, you remember that we said we were going to build 200 e-schools. Mm. equivalent of the, you know, progressively free education. You remember that by 2015, when the crude oil prices fell from $99, President Mahama said, I'm not building 200 schools. It's just impossible. We said we'll do 120. As the situation continued, President Mahama came to public and said, I, it was a flagship for us also. We are going to do just our 60, right? And then, Hopefully, when we won the elections back then in 2017 with 10 fields and so forth, then we can come back to it. We cut expenditure. Remember, it was an election year. And at the time, this government was promising that, you know, as for them, they can do free SHS. And you remember, President Mahama said, if you hadn't, been, if you hadn't occupied this office, you can say things. I believe he said it to the current vice president. Right? So mm. we did cut expenditure. In spite of all this, what did we do in 2016? As I said earlier on, in 2016, our most difficult year with this zero financing of the budget. Mm. That is, we did not borrow from Bank of Ghana under the IMF, you know, conditions. And what, how did we do it? We I was just about asking you that. revenue mm. generation. Mm -hmm. We made sure that under the Treasury Single Account, you know, the institutions that were holding government money, including the banks, and using it, you know, to buy government's own debt and the rest, you know, we make sure that we put an electronic platform through the gift list. And the third one is the gift list. So we stopped the misuse of government money, so government became liquid. And the third one was, you know, gift list. Frankly, most of my colleague ministers, you know, what did we do with gift list? If you are giving a ceiling of 50, we stopped paper warrants. We were able to track. So what we said was, hey, watch it. If you allow, you know, other people to use your ceiling, as you spend 10, it will warn you that you have 40 left. Mm. Another 20, it will warn you that you have 20 left. When you hit the 50, it stops. It means we stop you electronically from spending. That's how come we were able to again achieve a 6.1% deficit in 2016. It wasn't 10%, it wasn't 8%. We created a contract database, the one that is telling us that government owes contracts of 77 billion today. Mm. We created it, it was 13 billion, it was politicized. So I'm giving you the practical steps 
you know, that we did, so that we are not talking to you. Right. What would you have done? Right. These are what we did, and this, and upon all this, we put together, we put aside just two points. We put aside, you know, uh, 550 million, as I said, you know, to pay out of the 750, a substantial part of the first sovereign bond. And then secondly, we use even part of the money to set up the infrastructure fund so that, you know, to do commercial projects, you know. And in addition, if you remember when COVID came, we put money in the stabilization fund. The first 250 million that went to parliament to, to, to retrieve was actually money left by the Mahama administration. So these are practical steps that we did. We prevented us from being in the situation that right. Ghana is in today. Right. I want to be very specific, right. you know, on this part. Yeah. Sure. So stay with me. I want to take a quick break. I'll be back. of my fruitelia. It's a kosher home. Would you like my fruitelia? Fruitelia, all natural fruit juice and the perfect way to the heart. Who loves you because of your fruitelia? This advert is at Hello, my name is Abeiku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still the chop better with Ecobank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. And thank you very much for staying with us on Upfront on the Joy News Channel. Uh, my guest is still former finance minister, Seth Tekbert. Now, Honorable, I want to ask you this, uh, you know, important question. The Bank of Ghana yesterday, when they issued that uh, press release, they made it categorical that there's no, never going to be a point where they will become insolvent. They are not like commercial banks. Uh, but, you know, Bank of Ghana is supposed to be the lender of last resorts, and I'm actually alarmed about the $6 billion, you know, worth of uh, loss that it made in 2022. Is it factual to say that uh, there is never going to be a point where a central bank uh, will be insolvent? And if they cannot be insolvent, would this $6 billion loss have anything to, any impact uh, negatively 
on their independence and also their ability to perform moral suasion. Is it because they are writing of a debt, mm. you know, which in principle is a government debt, government to government itself? Is that what is making us complacent? I read the report. And you remember when we were talking about the debt levels, we were told by the Minister of Finance at the time, in Senate was this year, that countries like UK and the rest, you know, had debt also, even sometimes above 100%, and mm. were able to manage. And we responded that monkeys play by sizes, we should be careful. They have the capacity to absorb, you know. It's like, just let me use a practical example. <clears throat> what is the effect of Fitch downgrade on Ghana compared to Fitch downgrade of the U.S.? When we were at B minus and we're downgraded to C, so we're moving towards job, the U.S. was triple A, 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 topmost. They just notch off one of the A's and say they are AA plus. And we are currently anybody, at RD. Anybody will give, yeah, mm -hmm. we are currently jump. We are not even rated made by some of them. Right, you see the difference? So, and I read the Bank of Ghana statement. I think we should stop the complacency, you know, by comparing ourselves and saying that after all, banks in some of the advanced countries that were listed, I don't have the statement here, you know, are surviving. We could collapse faster, right? Mm. Remember that what we're talking about, the loans that we're giving by Bank of Ghana is not just Bank of Ghana money. Remember that before Bank of Ghana could print money or Bank of Ghana could itself, you know, use other people's money and the rest, it started using our reserves. Mm. Absolutely, right? yeah, yeah. And then also, yes, and when they gave COVID example, some of those countries that got their SDR. So long as you are a member of the IMF, you got SDR because it is part of your capital. What did they do? They gave their share of the SDR to developing countries. Is Ghana, was Ghana capable of giving its part of SDR to we any country? We spent hours probably to pay interest on foreign loans. Precisely. Yes. So we are talking about the extent to which the bank will be weakened. We are not even if no government would allow a central bank, right? Mm. If, the, if we say it goes bankrupt, what does it mean? Are we saying that we don't we won't have a bank of uh, a central bank? How would we regulate, you know, the uh, the banks? Bank of Ghana performs other functions, which it has to perform, right? Mm. Even on a very lean budget, bank supervision. So if all of his income is depleted, you know, losses, he's not earning the portion of income from government, right? How is he going to do effective banking supervision? Mm. How is he going to do all of that? Right? We know it. You know very well that even if you do not, it's just like the Ministry of Finance. If we say that the Ministry of Finance will never, you know, collapse, it will never, and government is bankrupt, the government is still in court. The government is still spending, it's still borrowing tea deals mainly and others. It still has some money spending. It will get money from the IMF, from the World Bank, and others it will continue. It doesn't mean that 
you know, Ghana's state is, is weak. I, 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 I mean, the, the expenditure looks as if it's coming from both sides. The government is spending uh, on so many other consumption, uh, you know, items. Bank of Ghana just gave a green light to spend close to, 20, I think, $250 million to construct a new um, um, head office. Do you think this is legitimate at a time where there was even uh, such the same amount in Parliament as a loan uh, to be approved? Tells you the capability of Bank of Ghana, how the current you know, and the difference between the Bank of Canada we have today and back then. Mm. The question you have to ask is, could, how come Bank of Ghana is able to support, you know, even institutions like Legon to do the city conference hall, the Bank of Ghana hospital? That's because it was allowed to make profits. Mm. It wouldn't have been able to do these things successively over the years. So yes, it may be able to build its headquarters. There is a bank serving society as it used to be. No, it's not going to be possible. It will have to curtail, unless it's going to also spend and keep spending and borrowing from where, like the government. You know, it's it's not capable. So the capability of the Bank of Ghana is not measured by how much haircut it is taking or not. It is measured by how useful, mm-hmm. you know, it is you know to the economy. So wrapping up our conversation, I want to ask, um, do you agree that uh, this is a time for the central, you know, the Bank of Ghana boss uh, to, to resign? The minority have given him an ultimatum, 21 days, that he should resign. Do you think there's a time for the Bank of Ghana to say goodbye and hang his boots? Let me say in principle, I'm a member of that um, Represented, you know, by that minority. You belong to that school and of thought, cannot, right? I, mm. No, what I mean is that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm NDC, mm. right? Mm. I hold NDC portfolio. I can dissociate myself, mm. you know, from what my leadership is saying. But I'm saying that even a, minor, even a majority in parliament, remember the issue, you know, with the minister himself? It had to do, you know, with a fiscal. You know, so it's not a lesson for the minority alone. It's not an issue of call to be made by the minority alone. We should, we are seeing the results, you know, of why people were victory on both sides of the house. It's not the call is not coming, you know, you know, just in this instance. And that's what I want to understand. And to, to wrap up, let me say something I've said it before. You know, Bank of Ghana has extreme independence. Right? To the extent that, you remember when the speaker asked Bank of Ghana to come and explain how they were financing the deficit about two years ago, mm. if you remember. Yeah, I do. Very much the so. The bank mm. asked its lawyers to write to the governor to say that they're independent. Sorry, to write to the, the speaker. speaker to say that they're independent. Right? Well, elsewhere, independence should be differentiated from accountability. And Bank of Ghana could probably have been shielded by Parliament. Right? In, because remember, the financing, what is Bank of Ghana financing? And what financing is Bank of Ghana helping to exceed? Bank of Ghana is financing the 
amount of borrowing that government should do as part of the appropriation act, which only the constitution gives to parliament. Mm. Are, are you following what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, yes, and this is the reason why, even in the mighty United States, in the mighty UK, the Fed chairman, are equivalent of the governor, every quarter goes to Congress, they go to Senate, mm. right? To give accountability to the people through their representatives. And they are grilled. And the whole world follows. And you know, when the Fed chairman talks, the whole world has to listen mm. because it affects, you know, the US is the dominant economy and affects everybody. It doesn't take away the independence. Because when it came to the point for the Fed chairman to assert his independence, right? Well, President Biden was not happy. The interest rates were going to be raised just when he wants to create jobs and the rest, right? But even President Biden will say that he respects the independence, you know, of the central bank when mm. he was asked. Right. And that he disagrees with their policies, but he agrees, you know. So I think that that measure of accountability, you know, I've said it before, is required. You know, as part of our laws, you know, so that at the minimum, if not the whole house, just as the in, by the way, the constitution requires that they go to parliament. You know, in the case of foreign exchange dealings and arrest, I think that the Bank of Ghana, even voluntarily, if it's not in their law, accountability, you know, because so the parliament could have sealed it because the spending has been done beyond what parliament approves. Mm. The constitution says that. It is only parliament that, you know, should, one, uh, impose taxes. It's only parliament that can say how much of that taxes should be spent. And it's only parliament in Article 1815 that says that, you know, when there is the need to borrow, right, do we, do we have to extend, you know, the uh, parliament's control over right. borrowing? To Bank of Ghana for us to understand the meaning of that. That's where we are now. Right. Because mm. if they had been subjected themselves, then this issue would have come out and they would have had an explanation. Absolutely. And would have known that it is deficit yeah. financing that is so. I'm raising the issue of accountability, which I think is very important. Well, I guess this way time will allow us to peg our conversation. I'm grateful that you could join us. Seth uh, Tekwe is a former finance minister. Uh, up next is Join News Prime. You can log on to my jawline for more stories.